Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got a text from the 707. I'm not worried about Jalen Carter's off-field issues. I think what happened at his pro day is just totally unacceptable. I don't think the Raiders are in position to take a gamble with this pick, especially since Ziggler is still trying to prove that he's worthy of being a GM. Thank you so much for that text. Really good stuff. And we'll continue to get your text at 69187, keyword r Let us know any subject that you want to talk about or what we've been talking about throughout the course of the show, talking about Hendon Hooker, Anthony Richardson, Jalen Carter, who visited with the Raiders today, and a whole lot more as it has to do with the NFL draft. But right now, join us on the phone lines as we kick off hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness is our guy Nick Cattle, Sacktown Sports, on Twitter at Nick C Radio. And Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And look, I'm a Bay Area native, right, through and through. And I know that uh, Sacramento, California is fired up for their opportunity. The Kings are back in the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. And I know how those fans are, man. So how exciting is it and how excited are folks right now in Sacramento with the Kings back in the playoffs? Hugh, let me ask you a simple question. Have you seen the ticket prices for these games, my man? <laughs> yes, they're they're more in Sacramento <laughs> than they are at the Chase Center. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that tells you all you need to know about the excitement level for this team. Now, I mean, look, you you go through. I think there was there were stages, there were phases. The first quarter of the season, it's like, hey, these guys are playing pretty good. Can this actually continue to happen? And then you get closer to like the the middle part of the year, and you go, okay, this team's legit. They're going to probably, you know, at least get to the play-in level, maybe even something better than that. And then you get closer to the All-Star game, and you start talking to yourself, and you start talking to your friends, you start talking to people around the city, and it's like, no, this team is not just a play-in team. This team is a playoff team. Can they stay in the top four? And then everybody was looking, Q, post-All-Star break, 23 games left. I said, hey, if they go 11-12, and 12, feel good about it. They played some really good basketball. They went 11-2, and two, I think it was, their first 13 games post-break. And that was the epiphany of like, okay, let's lock it in. This is a top three or four team, probably end up in the third seed. And, you know, if you look at the Western Conference, who knows what can happen. Right, exactly, and they do have the three seed. They're going up against the Warriors with the six seed starting on Saturday. It's right there in Sacramento. It's going to be really exciting. And, Nick, what was the key, right? I mean, Mike Brown, he's been a longtime coach in the league, was an assistant with the Warriors, won some championships. I didn't think that that was going to be a great hire. Shows what I know, right? I mean, obviously, he's got the, the Kings where they are, but what was the key to this team getting turned around and getting to where they are now as a three seed? First, I know it's going to sound cliche, but honestly, it was a culture shift, Q. I mean, this team and this franchise desperately needed a culture shift, and that's what Coach Brown did. You know, he came in, he shifted the culture, he's big on accountability, he's big on responsibility, he's very methodical in his approach, he's meticulous with his, you know, notes and and all of the film work he does. And I think he really instilled in these guys day one, like, hey, you've got to be responsible, you've got to be accountable, you've got to talk to each other, and you've got to buy into this. And if you don't buy into this, then it's not going to work. You know, he did a thing 
before the season began, and it sounds corny as anything, but he, he did this accountability kind of contract with the team, and he, he had this you know one-sheet contract, and he had everybody sign it uh, before the season began. And, again, it sounds corny, and it is corny, but this team is young, and mm-hmm. I think Coach Brown understood that, and he needed to kind of manage these guys early on and set the expectation of, hey, look, we're not just going to be fat and happy with 35 wins because we won 30 last year. We're not looking for incremental progress. We're looking for a jump, and, and from day one, Coach Brown told these guys and told everybody that was within an earshot of him, and even you know through the media, we expect to make the playoffs. You know, it's not about whether or not we're going to make the playoffs. It's this we're competing for championships. It's about making deep runs in the playoffs. So he set the standard really early. He set the accountability and responsibility really early, and he he shifted the culture almost immediately. He got guys to buy in to believe that they weren't the you know the Kangs of the last sixteen <laughs> years that they were a new team and and they brought in some new blood. Secondly. Look, you, you need talent, right? And, mm-hmm. and Domas has been a, a revelation for some here in Sacramento. I actually liked the trade back when the Domas for Halley trade happened. I know a lot of people had smoke for the Kings on that deal, and Monty McNair thought it was crazy. I understood the deal. I liked it. Domas has been excellent. He's been just a steady force. Fox has been fantastic. I would argue this has been his best season in the league. You draft Keegan Murray, and he's been a guy who's really helped, obviously, and has shot the lights out. You trade for Kevin Herter. Herter's been a great addition. The DHO game with Domas offensively has just worked beautifully. You sign Malik Monk. Malik Monk comes in. He's up and down. He's a yeah, roller coaster. Yeah. I call it the, the Malik Monk experience. I'm going to say, you know, I say it all the time. I'm going to monk. He's an experience, but when he's hot, he's unbelievable. He's a much better playmaker and a much, much better athlete than people might realize if you don't watch him on a nightly basis. So it wasn't just the accountability and the culture stuff. Culture stuff helps. But it's also talent, and I thought Monty McNair had a great offseason, and when you look at the moves, the additions he's made, they've almost pretty much all worked out categorically. So the combination of those two things uh, have really have really helped this team get that boost from 30 wins last year to 48 wins. Just to give you an idea, Q, this team won 30 games all of last year. They won 30 games last year. They won 25 games on the road this season. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. That is really impressive. Again, we're talking all things Sacramento Kings right now as they're preparing to take on the Warriors, who were not a very good road team uh, in the 2022 season, 23 season, uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And you can find Nick on Sacktown Sports on Twitter, at Nick C Radio. My man, Damon's got one for you. Go ahead, Damon. When did Light the Beam start? Because that's one of the best <laughs> winning celebrations in all of the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, Demond. Well, uh, so John Reinhart, who is uh, team president, he, he it was his idea, and it pretty much began right at the beginning of the season. It, it you know they were kind of having a, as the story was told, they were having a conversation, and you know John Reinhart, you know the marketing team and all of that, he he brought this idea up of of a beam, and they started to go to work on it. And look, the the beam at the beginning was not as powerful as it is now. The, the beam, it was it was a beam, but it wasn't you know as uh, impressive as it is now they actually put more like lasers into it look i'm i'm not a science guy i can't break <laughs> this down for you but they put more power behind the beam and uh, at first i'm a, hey man i'm as transparent as as anybody at first i'm like really a beam uh, that's a little ridiculous but then within a week or two i'm telling you you can't help but get caught up in all of it 
And it, it quickly became really a symbol for this team. And, and it became a, a big part of, of the, the atmosphere and the feel around this team and the city, you know, it was something to get behind. And, you know, Kevin Herter right away kind of came up with the beam team and the beam team became a thing for a little bit. And it, it was just the guys, you know, the guys kind of got behind it, Herter mostly. And, you know, you look around, it, it gave the fans a rallying cry. It gave the fans something to look forward to. It gave the, it gave the fans a theme. And now we're seeing, I mean, we're going to talk about it on the show today, uh, here on Sacktown Sports, Cattles and Rami, you know, we're going to talk about how the Chicago Cubs, I don't know if anybody has seen this, but now the Chicago Cubs have have stolen the lighting idea, and wow. now they're lighting the W after Cubs wins at Wrigley Field. Now, if you see the W, it's not impressive. But that tells you how, <laughs> how well this is picked up. And it's absolutely a thing, man. You, you, go to, you go to the G1C, and you see just tons of people hawking like the beam T-shirts outside that arena. I mean, it is all over the place, and uh, it has become uh, at the epi- it's become somewhat of an epicenter uh, rallying cry for for all of the all of the fans. And uh, you know, we have fun with it in the media, especially radio. We have some fun with it. And you mentioned how young this team is, but how important is Harrison Barnes? I think he's the oldest guy on the team, and he's only thirty. So, how important is his veteran leadership for the team? Yeah, I mean, the one thing about HB is that, you know, when this team, if if they need kind of a message sent on the floor, he tends to send that message offensively. There's been some times where, look, this offense, we can talk about it for days, has been historically great. Um, And I think some of that is also just the rest of the league being historically great. I mean, offense is offense now. The threes are the threes. But, you know, Harrison... The, the one thing I'll say about Harrison on the floor that, that jumps out to me the most is if these guys are not as aggressive as they should be, a lot of times Harrison picks up that slack. And if the offense is going through a little bit of uh, you know stagnant action and all that stuff, what he'll do is he'll, he'll attack the rim. He'll take it to the bucket. And, and I think you know his aggressiveness getting to the free throw line at certain points in games, it might be overlooked by some, but it, it really is a, a crucial part of this team's offense. When they're not going, when they're not clicking, sometimes he's kind of the kick in the ass for these guys. Um, but also his, his leadership, you're right. He, he's a very steady guy. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's very much like Keegan. They're, they're kind of from the same area uh, on, the, on the geographic map. You know, he, he's... He's just that calm, cool presence. Every once in a while, he'll he'll show you the athleticism. He'll he'll do a double pump dunk on the baseline. You go, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> but he he is a steady presence. He's a veteran leader, as you mentioned. And you know, again, I, I wouldn't overlook his ability. I mean, he he's a guy who can knock down a three. Uh, he had a very very hot month where he shot like fifty percent. I think it was January, but he shot over fifty percent one month from three. So he's still capable of knocking threes down. He's still capable of playing some good defense, and he has versatility on that end. Uh, leadership, no doubt. And again, if if he gets aggressive and he gets to the bucket, that usually means good things for this offense. I'll say this. Uh, Pre-KD, he was very, very critical in the Warriors' success in winning that first title. That was pre-KD. So Harrison Barnes always got a nice warm spot in my heart. There's no doubt about it. Go ahead, Devon. Oh, and something else I want to ask you about. You mentioned this is an historic offense that the Kings have, but when it comes down to getting a stop on defense, who is their best defensive player? Davion Mitchell is is definitely their best defensive player on the roster. Um, obviously, he comes off the bench. 
And, you know, one of the things that is is a big question and probably the biggest question is the defense and whether or not they're going to come up against the Warriors and be able to, to, to come up with the stops in crucial times. It's been a really weird, really weird year, DeMond, because when you look at it, you know, look, I've been talking about it. If they don't fix the defense, they're not going to go on a deep run. Uh, they're going to have to outscore teams 130 to 125. And, you know, it's it's difficult to do if you're going against a team like, hey, the Golden State Warriors and Steph's on one. You know, Steph has absolutely eviscerated this defense this year against the Kings. I mean, he's been, Steph Curry has been unstoppable against the Kings. He had 47 in one game. Uh, he's He's been just unstoppable for the Kings to, to deal with and, and, and all of that. So defensively, not great. I think they're 24th, 25th in defensive rating in the league. Defensive efficiency, they're down in the top five or seven in the league. But what's really strange, Damon and Q, what's really, really strange is, you know, on the road, they've been a top 10 defense. In the fourth quarter, for most of the year, top 10 defense. So they've shown the ability at times to really defend, but it's just not there consistently. And, you know, they've had quarters where they'll give up 40 points, 42 points, 44 points. Uh, points in the paint is a problem. Uh, they don't have a legitimate rim protector. Domas gives effort defensively. He does pretty good with verticality and kind of getting in guys' way. He moves the feet a little bit better laterally than I thought he would be uh, able to. But they don't have a legitimate rim protector, and they have issues on the perimeter uh, and at the wing of letting guys get by, straight line drives have been a, a huge, huge issue. So straight line drives to the bucket, points in the paint, that's been a problem. Davion's the best defender. Um, I would tell you De'Aaron Fox has been better defensively this year than he's ever been. I still don't think he's a great defender. I think he has the skills to be, but uh, he's he's been better this year. Harrison Barnes, again, he, he's <laughs> capable of defending. Keegan Murray is a pretty good defender. Sometimes you get some matchup issues with him, but uh, I think Keegan's been pretty good. But overall, it has not been great. Malik Monk has been, you know, not not good on that end a number of times this year. Kevin Herter has had his issues at times um, defending quicker, you know, longer athletes. So defense is, is the biggest issue with this team. And they've got to figure out a way, especially in this series, to slow down the three-point shooting of the Warriors and, uh, you know, make sure that whatever they do, don't, you know, don't let Steph drop a 50-burger on you <laughs> or, or average, you know, 40 points. You can you can survive if Curry gives, you know, 28-29 a game if you somewhat limit the other guys. But if, if Curry is dropping 35-40, it's going to be almost an impossible series for the Kings. Defense is optional, right? Defense is optional <laughs> at some point. And I'll tell you what, though, Davion Mitchell, that's my guy. Shout out to off night. That's what they call him because he will make yep. you have an off night. That's the pride of Baylor right there. Davion Mitchell. Again, we're talking with Nick Cattles here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. Just have a couple more questions for you. As far as the trash talk, again, I started this whole thing off saying that I'm a Bay Area native. I know that they're talking all that trash in the Bay up in Oakland and San Francisco. And I'm sure in Sacramento, I know how y'all get down to Sacramento in the 916 there's a lot of trash talking going on there what is it like between the two fan bases right now all the chirping as the Warriors prepare to come to Sacramento on Saturday yeah I mean you feel it you feel it and there's this there's this uh you know question of how many Warriors fans will be at these games at the G1C how many Kings fans will show up at Chase it's a legitimate question you know the the battle of I-80 is a real thing 
And, you know, Warriors fans will point out that there's been a lot of Kings fans that switched to the Warriors during this dynasty. And there's a lot of Kings fans that will remind Warriors fans that, hey, man, in the early 2000s when you stunk, there were a lot of you guys that were putting on Warriors uh, Kings jerseys during that time. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely palpable. Uh, I think, you know, obviously for the last number of years, it's been big brother, little brother. They're 90 minutes away from us. So, you know, you know, th- there is that, that, that tangible feel of it. I would also say, Q, that, you know, it, it gives the Kings a, a golden opportunity. If you want to look at the, the optimistic side, the silver lining of having to go against the defending champions in the first round of the playoffs after you haven't been there in, you know, 16 seasons, there's a golden opportunity here. I mean, mm-hmm. what I think some Kings fans are kind of relishing the idea of, man, wouldn't it be a statement if for the first time in 16 years we're in the playoffs and in the first round we knock out the defending champions and Steph Curry. Ooh, man. So <laughs> there, there is that there is that feel of, hey, we, we got a chance here. We got a chance here to do something pretty cool. And look, I've even had some people reach out during the show this week talking about, hey, if things go a certain way, you know, the Kings can knock out Steph Curry, LeBron, and Kevin Durant on their way to the finals. Now, that's a little bit too far for me, a little bit too far of a reach to, to go down that road. Yeah. But I, I think that that possibility of beating the defending champions definitely would be a notch in the belt that Kings fans are kind of excited about. Oh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. That's why I'm so excited about the series again getting started on Saturday. I've even told guys here, I told my man DeMond, I was like, man, I'm thinking about getting in the car and driving down to Sacramento, man. It ain't that far. There you go. There <laughs> right? you go. Just to come see it because I know, man, I used to go to Arco Arena, man. I used to be in there and it was popping and I'll tell you what, man, Sacramento Kings fans are some of the best fans in the world. I promise you that. They are fantastic and they love their Kings and I'm not mad at that at all. Nick, as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you real quick, because I know you're part of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, and of course we're here in Las Vegas, and uh, there's a lot of uh, Patriot representation, whether Raider Nation likes it or not. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, plenty of players have come over, including Jacoby Myers. Uh, What are your just, you know, thoughts from a Patriots side of things, or not even Patriots side, just kind of looking at Josh McDaniels as the head coach of the Raiders. Do you think he's going to be able to get it uh, uh, turned around and and be the head coach that, that he's needed to be? Not the offensive coordinator, right? Right? That's one thing, but being the head coach that he needs to be. Jerry's still out, Q. I mean, I, I, look, I, I know that the Vegas Patriots are alive and well, and they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're adding more Patriots by the month. But to me, you know, it, it's, it's still kind of a work in progress for Josh. Look, I, I thought there were many issues last year with that team, not only from a talent standpoint, uh, obviously defensively, their offensive line, they went through, I think, what, 75 different offensive lineups, uh, rotations in the first right. four or five weeks of the season. A little bit messy from, from, a, from a roster standpoint. Chandler Jones obviously wasn't, wasn't as good as you hoped he would be, especially in the first few months of the season. But Josh, it, look, you can be a great, and I know you know this, Q, and a lot of people listening to your show right now know this, you could be a great assistant. You can be a great coordinator. Doesn't always mean you can be a great head coach. And I think, you know, the issue that Josh has had is, number one, to me, game management stuff. Um, You know, certain play calls at certain times. He's in love with trick plays, and he calls trick plays at really weird times. Um, Timeout usage every once in a while. I I think there's something to be said that, you know, you were on the precipice of multiple wins last year, you're up by double digits in multiple games, and then you crap yourself in the second half, and it was an over and over and over again kind of trend. 
I think the the argument for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, it seems to me, is is Derek Carr. He's he became the scapegoat. Right. And look, I think Carr is a top fifteen quarterback in the league. I think you can win with Derek Carr. Managing personalities, the relationships. I still read some stuff, and it feels to me like Josh is still trying to be Bill Belichick the second. He's still trying to be Belichick Jr. Not only with the roster management, but also you know, the way that he's running things behind the scenes and, and this idea of culture. Now, look, it worked for Belichick, but Belichick also had Brady, and there's not many, you know, Belichicks in the world. So I think Josh still has a lot to prove to me. Mm-hmm. I think this season is big for him. I think they have to, you know, they, that to me they've got to win 10 games to, to make it feel right and make it feel like they're headed in the right direction. And I also, I don't love the idea of Dave Ziegler saying, you know, you can't change everything in one off season. You know, you've had two off seasons now, Dave, and you've got to get cooking here. You just made a huge decision at the quarterback position. I don't see a huge upgrade from Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't. Right. And I know we can sit there and talk about, oh, he wins games, great. He's a middle-of-the-road decision-maker. He doesn't have a strong arm. Uh, he's hurt an awful lot. So I just, you know, to me it tells me a lot when a, when a team has their quarterback throw the football eight times in a playoff game like the Niners did during that Super Bowl run. tells me you don't necessarily trust the quarterback. So, yeah, there's still a lot of questions around Josh McDaniels. I think he's a really good offensive mind, Q. I think he's a really good play caller when that is his number one priority and only priority on game day. I'm not sold on him yet as a head coach. And I think those are all fair criticisms. I really do. And that's that's what I always talk about is fair criticisms, and that is the, that is exactly a fair criticism. And he's got to prove it. Like you mentioned, he's got to prove that he could be a really good head coach. And Dave Ziegler's got 12 draft picks right now to try to you know build up the defense and build up the team to their liking. And once they do, and you know this, Nick, once you have your team and you say, okay, I'm bringing in all my guys and I have my team, there is no more excuses on why you're not winning. So you can use anything that they used last season for their faults and their failures but now it's all on them. So like you said, it's, it's kind of put up or shut up time as far as I'm concerned. No doubt. No doubt. Couldn't agree with you more on that. I think, you know, maybe he'll get a third season because that, that tends to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, really interested to see what they do in the draft. Really interested to see if they add a young quarterback, if they're just going to ride with Jimmy G. Uh, I think it's there's a lot of interesting decisions that they have to make draft time. And, you know, to me, I'd be heavily investing in that defense. Yep. I didn't mind the Waller trade. think it made sense. He's 30 years old. He hasn't played a lot in the last two years. Didn't seem like he was getting along too well with McDaniels and the crew. Uh, this, tie, this, this draft is a very, very tight end deep draft. You can have 10 to 15 guys who could end up being you know, NFL tight ends for the next decade. So to me, it made sense getting that third round pick. You draft, a, you draft a tight end in the first couple of rounds, maybe first three rounds, first four rounds. Maybe you could even double up on the tight end position. Uh, Jacoby Myers is going to kind of mimic some of that stuff with Waller, right? He plays a lot inside. He can, he can get down the seam a little bit. Uh, not the fastest guy, not the greatest athlete, has good hands, uh, is very dependable. So I think you kind of replace Waller's production with Jacoby's production. I don't know where that puts Hunter Renfro. Maybe you play him like they played Amendola and Julian Edelman back in the day with that Patriots offense. You kind of work two slot kind of guys, and you can move them around a little bit. Joby, uh, Jacoby could play outside at times, not his strength. He's more of a slot guy, big slot guy. So I didn't mind the Waller trade. Josh Jacobs is absolutely tremendous. He's one of the best running backs in football. I don't know where the hell they would be last year without that guy. And Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, still the best 
receiver in the league for my money. So offensively, I'd feel good as long as you make sure that offensive line is fortified. To me, man, defense, 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 second and third level, they've got to pay attention to that in the draft. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's their team now. They're, 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 they're picking, they're shopping the growth for the groceries. They've got to make sure that they, they bring home the, the right groceries for this team because uh, if not, we could be looking at a third year, possibly final season next year for Josh and company. You can find them on Sacktown Sports, SacktownSports.com. You can check out their website. Of course, you can check out Nick on Twitter as well at Nick C Radio, breaking all things down Sacramento Kings as they get prepared to take on the Warriors on Saturday and then also dropped a few nuggets on us, a little Patriots uh, Raiders talk there. Nick, fantastic stuff, my man. It's great to catch up with you. And if I, if I make that trip to Sacramento, man, I'm definitely going to be hitting you up. You know where I am. You know where I'll be. Anything for my man Q, Demon. Keep doing work. I'll talk to you guys soon. There he goes. Nick Cattle, Sacktown Sports. Definitely appreciate him. And uh, Raider Chavez, 916 at Sacramento, California. Hit us up. I'm so excited to see the Kings back in the playoffs. Sacramento's been buzzing. Going to the games has felt like the early 2000s again. I'm excited. Go Kings. And also Big Dub Raider AQ. How many Warrior guys did Mike Brown bring over to turn the Kings around? Hashtag Go Raiders. I'll tell you what. I mean, outside of Harrison Barnes, I mean, that's a young team, man. That's a young, young team. And Harrison Barnes was a big factor when the Raiders or the Warriors won their very first title before KD. And I think he could be a big, a big factor for the Kings on this run because he is that veteran leader, like DeMond, you pointed out while we were talking to my guy, Nick Cattles. 426 at the time. When we come back, got to get in a conversation about. Well, first of all, Mickey Mouse is here at the radio station. So in the commercial break, we're going to go try to run and catch up with Mickey and see if we can say what up, though. So we'll tell you about that, see if we're successful or not. And then Damon and Jared went to VGK, went to see VGK last night against the Seattle Kraken. I want to get into their conversation about what they did and how it went out. And uh, VGK got the dub. So we'll talk about it all next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. So there's a phenomenon going on around the radio station right now. One Mickey Mouse is in the building. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is in the building uh, visiting our Spanish station right now. I tried to convince Mickey Mouse to come in here and, and talk on the radio, talk a little sports with us, but he did not. During the commercial break, myself and Damon, we decided we are going to hustle over to the sports side and see if we could talk to Mickey. And, of course, while we were there, Sylvia was there from Comp. Sylvia, how you doing? We got to turn your mic on. Hey, how there? How you doing? Oh, there we go. There uh, we go. Uh, I, I can't even you hear about. you. There no, you are. There we go. Now we can hear you. Yay! We'll learn how to run the boards. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you guys wanted to talk to Mickey about sports, but then you got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So. Let's but how not. cool is it that I mean, and right now there's a big entourage uh, over at our Spanish station uh, trying to meet Mickey Mouse. Yeah, they're celebrating a hundred years. Has it been 100 years? It's been 100 years. Yeah. Dang. I know. Would you know? <laughs> has it? I mean, you no, Mickey, track? Mickey has not. Well, actually, fun fact, which I heard or what, what I uh, saw was mm-hmm. that Mickey is actually like, he's not 100 yet. He's like 93, 94, but it's a whole company that's 100. Nice. I know. Okay. All right. Well, that was pretty cool. How yeah. come? Do we know why he just went to the Spanish stations or is, is it, are, are we going to get some Mickey love on this side or do we just I'm pretty have to? Sure. I mean, they were doing like interviews about oh. the, uh, they reimagined, re- they reimagined Toontown, I believe. Oh, okay. So what? they're kind of like wanting to talk about that. And, okay. Yeah, all I that didn't know stuff. if they were doing like something special coming up and, you know, add a little Latino flavor to it, which I'd be okay with. That's cool. Yeah. I'm good you with that. You love Latinos. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing the interviews? Is it Mickey or the handlers? 
uh, you know, because he's got an entourage. Know, it's, the, it's the handlers. Or, I mean, I don't want to say handlers. That sounds like a yeah, he's a celebrity. <laughs> he's his buddies. But, he's his buddies. Know, but he's yeah, got like friends. The rep. The rep. The, yeah, the, the friends. Rep. I call them friends. Okay, well, there homies. you go. All right. Well, I will say this: as we're uh, and we both got uh, pictures with uh, with Mickey Mouse and Sylvia did a really good job you guys taking look them for adorable. us. Adorable. But how about you? You came out of there and said, "I'm in love." I am. He he gave so Sylvia a kiss. Like three. <laughs> he gave me three kisses on the little on the cheek. There, I'm on my to, face. I'm about to say he had to kiss your face because his mouth is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he almost <laughs> swallowed your head. Yeah, pretty much. So there's that. So there you go. All right. Well, it thank- was adorable, and he, he like it because they're celebrating a hundred years. Right. So he has his own little tuxedo, and yeah. it's like all silver, and it's really cute. Well, so. I'll tell you this: I went to take a back-to-back picture with him, and all of a sudden, when his friends was like, "Hold on, your jacket's messed up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we got to make oh, sure." Oh no, he- they they wanted to make sure that he was sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He was having a good time. There was kids and everything. Yeah, we like- should have sold tickets to this thing. I mean, we. Like on the side? Yeah. <laughs> we could have made bank, dude. That's what I'm saying. If we had known about this earlier, which I'm I think we did. I'm trying to pay for a wedding here. Exactly. Why didn't God you think about it? Damn, I didn't think that. I know. Why not? I don't know. I just thought about that right now. Kids yeah. love Mickey. Exactly. We could have sold like $5 tickets at the door. $5? Well, you want more? 15 Okay. Well, then there you go. Wow. Right. I mean, like, I know, but I mean. I was trying to give the homeboy a hookup. She's trying to gouge him. <laughs> Like five dollars. I mean, five dollars a hit. You won't notice, really, right? But fifteen people will be like, "Wait, hold on, that's more." No, it's they're the, not gonna. It's the got, actual Mickey, the legit Mickey, the genuine well, Mickey. The problem all with the 15, way from California. I know, but the problem with fifteen dollars is most people are going to give you a twenty, and that means you have to make change. In this business, no you don't want. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> you don't want to have to get change. You just want to be like, boom, take it and go. That's true. Okay. No, see, th- this is why I got to make you like the see? like the financial advisor or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. We can work together here. That's we can true. collaborate. Okay. Hey, All right. You got a wedding to pay for. I got Nikes to pay for. Yeah. Right. The Tiffany's. No, 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 oh. no, no, oh. no. That's no, not no, crazy. No, no, no. Those are the Air Force ones. I don't want those. Real oh. quick, can you guys do a Mickey impersonation? Oh, Anybody? Boy. I- <laughs> I was about to say no, but clearly. No. One more time, one more time, Sylvia. Oh, boy. You can use that as a drop. You're welcome. <laughs> Done deal. Sylvia, comp, 92.3. Mm-hmm. It's a preset on my uh, in, now the, in the Cadillac. I got it saved. Because we went to lunch. <laughs> we went to lunch at our favorite Mexican restaurant, <laughs> and you parked dumb. I did not. You parked dumb. I did not. You parked next to like a curb I did that not. I didn't see that was steep, and I could have broken my leg. I wow! Air him out some more. No, I will. You 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 <laughs> almost you almost fall out the car all the time, Damon. That's because you can't even get in the car. Hey man, it's a, it's, a nice, it's got a nice little lift to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sylvia. Well, let everyone know what time you're on. Uh, ten to three. Comp ninety two point three. And yes, Q has it on his preset. I've I seen it. It's confirmed. So there it you is. should have it on preset too. I, there you go. Mm-hmm. Done deal. Sylvia is our picture taker. She took the pictures for us for you with guys Mickey. Look super cute. That's what, how we roll. Oh my god. That's gosh. what we do. We'll tweet them out in a minute. Yep. But uh, thank you so much. We appreciate you're you. Welcome. And uh, there you go. Check out Sylvia. Gotta go. And she <laughs> she's out of here now. She's figuring it out. She's got to go. There you go. Bye. See ya. Appreciate you. So, Damon, next. Yes. That's one subject of business. Mickey Mouse is out of the way. Mickey's in the building. Now, next, you and, and Jared, you guys got your own Mickey Mouse shenanigans on. You guys went to uh, the Fortress last night to check out VGK and, uh, and, and the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. And the two. there's only two games left, and they happen to both be against Seattle. And VGK won last night. So how was your whole experience? You guys went as fans. It was cool. You guys didn't go as workers or covering it. You guys just went and had fun and just were fans. Yeah, went as fans. I wore my signed Mark Stone jersey. 
you know, the captain. Oh, the one that you, uh, the one that, that you won? that I won from the uh, our holiday party. Okay. So I wore my signed jersey, and I had a blast. And then, so we're, we get there a little bit, like in the late in the first period, we missed the first goal. It's like, oh, okay. But you know, so we're there, and then and Jared's like, hey, let's go see Ryan. So then we go see Ryan, Ryan Wallace he, from VGK Insiders on our sister station Fox Sports. Yeah, so we go up to see Ryan, and it's like they he does the his show, mm-hmm. you know, the intermission show from yeah. the uh, flight deck. Nice. And then it's but the flight deck is one of those places where it's like, hey, we need to see your wristband. And I tell Jared. We just walk in like we know where we're going. Boom! We're fine. You, there you go. Devon's learning. <laughs> we walk in, and then Darren's on the other side. Darren Millard, who also does the VGK yeah. Insider Show. Right. He does the TV broadcast for yep. the team. So then I'm like, well, let's go talk to Darren, too. And then it's somebody was like, hey, you can't go through here. Yes, I can. All right. And then I go. I talk to Darren. He did give me what a joke where he's like, all right, guys, the joke's on me. I need to get some bigger pants. He's like, you're in my TV shot. And I duck down like, like, oh, my gosh. I don't. I, and he was like, ah, just kidding. But my pants ripped. I was trying to be so quick to get out of the TV shot. You know what that means? I ripped my pants. You know what that means? Do you know what that means? I'm glad you brought that up. Do you know what that means? I need a new pair of jeans. That means that your pants are too damn tight. That you need to loosen them things up a little bit, man. You got them things painted on you. That's what that means. Yeah, but besides that... A great experience at the game, and then I called into the uh, post game show that Ryan Wallace does. Oh, okay, did you? And cool. I called into the post game show, and I gave it. He was like, "Oh, that's a great question, Demon." And I was asking about the goalie because he is. Uh, I think he's. This would be the third string goalie, actually. Okay. Um, that's now. I think for the rest of the season going into playoffs, he's going to be the starter now in goal. And uh, yeah, so and also this Friday, this is going to be highly anticipated. After one call on the VGK post game show, I am making my debut as a hockey. Analyst Justin Russo, who does the pre-intermission and post yeah. for the HSK yeah. Silver Knights, he said, "Hey, Demon, that was the best call of the season." Really? And I know he was joking, right? But I was I, like, I do too. the invitations. I was like, "Hey, if you want me to come on the post-game show for the Silver Knights, I'm available." He's like, "Yeah, sure, come on on." So Friday night, Henderson Silver Knights. I don't know who they're playing yet, but I you will be providing. <laughs> Some post-game analysis. Look at DeMond, the little engine that could. I like it. I like it. Keep on trucking, youngster. I like it. DeMond is 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 breaking down all barriers. Got his own show, The Fight Game, on 1230 AM, The Game. Now he's going to be a, 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 a hockey analyst. He's going to break it on down. He's hanging out with Mickey Mouse. You're traveling the seas. Well, you're traveling the country. You're going from Tennessee to Miami. Should have seen me in Miami. Oh, man, I, this this one guy, this comedian, Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Apparently, he's a big deal. Everybody, I posted the picture. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, my God, Theo Vaughn. Barely know who he is, but, man, <laughs> we, we were cutting it up. Yeah, I bet. I bet. He was probably looking at you just cutting up himself. Yeah, I'm a bit, you know, his haircut, I mean, I can make some jokes, too. I bet. I bet. I'm not <laughs> mad at you at all. Well, speaking of hockey breakdown and analysis, our very own Lindsey Brown, who does a fantastic job on all of our stations, Raider Nation Radio 920, Fox Sports Las Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas. She does a little bit of everything, and she's going to continue to do a lot more around here. Excited about uh, Lindsey and everything she's got going on. She had an opportunity uh, earlier today to talk to ESPN's Linda Cohn, all things hockey they were really breaking down the vegas golden knights it's like a 22 or 23 minute conversation uh similar to some of the interviews that we have sometimes you just get going and it's just like you're talking to a buddy Lindsay did a really good job with this so this is just a preview you can hear the rest of it tomorrow morning on the press box on our sister station espn las vegas but here's that uh, little portion of the conversation Lindsay brown and linda Cohn. and joining us on the phone today the woman the myth the legend 
Linda Cohn. You've seen her on SportsCenter or perhaps a post-game interview between the benches on ESPN or maybe heard her on NHL radio on Sirius XM. She does it all, and she is the blueprint for women trying to make it in this business. Linda, it is an honor. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Hey, Lindsay. Uh, thank you for all those kind words. Really appreciate it. And, yes, my pleasure to talk with you. Absolutely. I know that it's a it's a busy time for all of us. It's almost the, the best time of the year, so we'll get some quick questions with you, and we'll start with the local club first, and we'll bloom from there. Uh, what's your evaluation of the Golden Knights as they try to claw their way out of the offensive inflation bubble that is the Western Conference? <laughs> yeah, and I like the term claw because that's what, and, and that's a compliment. Uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, I don't have to tell you and your listeners about all the injuries uh, Vegas has had to deal with and power through, and they've, for that, they've gotten contributions. Everyone stepped it up, you know, from the goaltending to guys like Michael Amadio with a three-point night, Riley Smith. I mean, that was a huge win against the Kraken, who had a serious wake-up call. I've been covering a lot of Kraken games. In fact, I'll be covering Vegas Kraken, the sequel, <laughs> uh, tomorrow night. Uh, from Seattle uh, for ESPN, excited about that. Um, but, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are positioned uh, in first place for a reason. I mean, they have overcome so much, and all you want to be doing, Lindsay, is playing as best as you can heading into the postseason. And I think that's what Bruce Cassidy is trying to get his troops to do. And if they do that, well, then that confidence goes a long way. Absolutely. And it's been fascinating to to watch the Western Conference and specifically the Pacific Division down the stretch because I'd argue that the Edmonton Oilers are playing a lot better hockey or that the LA Kings are playing a lot better hockey, but the Golden Knights have been able to keep pace and keep serve and, and in a lot of ways, I think, play a more disciplined style to their game uh, compared to those teams. I'd even throw Seattle in there. I don't think a lot of people have a, a ton of expectations to go deep in the postseason for them, but what do you think is working for their, or at least in their favor to give themselves a chance. Yeah, I think the hottest team right now in the West and has been for about a month is the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think you want to avoid facing the Oilers as long as you can avoid facing the Oilers because they are doing everything right. But you really can't sleep on Vegas. they got a few nice problems. Uh, number one situation, they have to be healthy, right? You mm-hmm. know, the Eichels, the Theodores, guys like that. They have to be 100% going into the postseason. And this is exciting for Jack Eichel, right? This is going to be his first postseason in his NHL career. So you know he's going to be bringing it and he's going to be out there. Um, so that's the Oilers. Are the, basically, if I had to pick a team to come out of the Western Conference, it's either really, it's really going to be the Oilers. I think they're even better than the Avalanche, you know, when you're talking about the West as a big picture. Seattle has covered a lot of their games lately. They are uh, sneaky good, but, you know, they got a wake-up call from Vegas last night. You see, Mm -hmm. Seattle has been piling up the wins against non-playoff teams. And actually, the loss against Vegas really um, is a wake-up call for them, and I think they can learn from that. And that's why I'm really excited about Thursday to see, even though it's a regular season game, uh, to see where everything plays out. Now, um, I'm not worried about Vegas in the first round. I'm really not. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, they have enough experience. There's a nice little core group. You know, Jonathan Marcheseau is like my favorite Vegas Golden Knight. I mean, the guy always comes to play. I don't have to tell you guys. Bar down every time, Linda. Bar down every time. 
Exactly. And then, you know, he always scores big goals, and mm-hmm. he's been there, went to the finals. We all know the history of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, they, and now they, and they got some good experience behind the bench in Bruce Cassidy. Um, and he's all business, as you've noticed in this first year with Vegas. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he, he's not out there, you know, tossing flowers to his players, I've noticed. I'm looking forward to chatting with him. Uh, he, he is just cut and dry, and he just tells it like it is. And the goalies, I mean, there are four goalies. I mean, to me, that's fascinating being a former goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, again, nice problem. But who's going to stand out, you know, for Bruce Cassidy? Who's going to be the number one guy? Right now, it's, you know, the injuries, and it's bad for Logan Thompson because he, he really kept the team in it for so long and was a, a pleasant surprise all season long before the injury. And then you had Aiden Hill getting uh, hurt. But uh, LB, as they call him, Laurent Brasson, has been coming up strong lately. And um, and I'm, I got a full disclosure, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that deal went down and Columbus did the right thing and listened to Jonathan Quick and traded him to Vegas the very next day after the L.A. Kings did him wrong, uh, the way they handled it. I'm not saying the Kings did him wrong by trading him. It's just the way they handled trading Agreed. a legend and the guy who's going to have a statue and a banner raised. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the, you know, Jonathan Quick revenge tour. I was actually disappointed that Bruce Cassidy, like many, did not start quick against the Kings uh, last week or earlier in the week. Uh, last week it was. Um, but, you know, there's methods to the madness. Sure. And uh, maybe he's just saving him if, if it does come to play down the road that they face the Kings. But uh, I like the way uh, Brasson's playing right now, and I really do like the way, you know, I like Quick. Quick's going to come through. With a mm-hmm. big save at the right time, you know he's not going to, you know, toss shutouts. He is, that experience is going to show in the playoffs, and I hope Bruce Cassidy gives him that opportunity. So there you go. There's just a little bit of the conversation that Lindsey Brown had with ESPN's Linda Cohn a little earlier, talking all things VGK and talking some NHL as the playoffs approach. And I'll tell you right now, it's going to be a fun time around here. Uh, we know in Las Vegas, obviously the Raiders are a big deal, but the Vegas Golden Knights being in the playoffs is huge. We do have tickets that we're going to give out to uh, one of their playoff games, so we're excited about that opportunity. And, of course, we've got the best in the business covering them like a glove, including Lindsey, uh, including the VGK insiders with Ryan and Darren Millar. They do a fantastic job. Matter of fact, uh, they're on the radio 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. And, again, have some of the best in the business just in this building. Definitely appreciate uh, everyone's efforts from ESPN Las Vegas, Fox Sports Las Vegas, obviously Radio Nation Radio 920 as well, and even 1230 a.m. the game, you know. Uh, just got DeMond's show on there and also uh, Greg Salerno. He has a little uh, laugh time what is it called? Laugh Time Out Loud? Football Laugh Time. Football Laugh Time. It's obviously around football season, but that's a really good show as well. So uh, we've got the best in the business, man, and we've got all the different sports and all the different teams. And when I say all the different teams in town, I mean all the different teams. The Nighthawks, the Silver Knights on 1230 the game. I mean, I know the XFL's the home season for the Vipers is yeah, over. Right. But man, we really do carry everything. 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 Aviators we have right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. G League Ignite. G League Ignite. The, the Aces, the defending world champion. Uh, Las Vegas Aces got them. Uh, obviously, UNLV we have covered like a glove. I mean, really, uh, the Golden Knights, there's there's not too much that we're missing out on, right? I mean, they're just not the Silver Knights, as you mentioned. I mean, we've got it all. So uh, it's a lot of excitement around here and a really good time to have a good time, as I like to say. 448 is the time. We'll come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Talked a lot on the show today about Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Ian Rappaport puts out quarterback Hendon Hooker is visiting the Lions today. We'll spend the later part of the week on visits with the Bucks. 
who pick at number 19, and the Raiders, who pick at number 7 and number 38. Both interesting potential landing spots. And then Rumble, young man Rumble on Twitter said, this is where I have him going, but I have the Raiders trading 38 for 32 and taking him there. That goes back to what I said earlier in the show about the Raiders having two first-round picks when it's all said and done. That would be the case right there, trading up from 38 to, I guess, well, 32 would be the second round because, well, there's not, uh, Miami doesn't have a first-round pick, so that's at the top of the second round. But if you're going to do that, you might as well trade up to the end of the first round and get that fifth-year option, especially since he's coming off that torn ACL. So uh, good stuff right there. Hendon Hooker will be in town this week visiting with the Silver and Black. As we close out the show, been a very exciting show today, as always. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our good friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, fellas? Real quick. Hey, I just wanted to say, man, I love all the guests. I mean, all through the offseason, all the guests you guys bringing in, you and DeMond, y'all doing a great job. The whole radio station doing a great job. And you see how different opinions coming in from different. What I like is the opinions outside the Raiders not just us fans and, and you guys as part of the race. I want to hear what the other fan, other fans, I mean the other commentators and stuff are saying, and you guys are doing an excellent job. And now the guy that you just had on. Um, Nick. Uh, Nick. Oh, man, that, that guy, bring him back on again. Bring that guy <laughs> back on. He's telling the truth. McDaniels is trying to make this, uh, 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 and he and he, he don't have no dog in the fight. He He's, he's seeing what he sees. And I'm seeing the same thing now. I didn't see this at first, but what I'm seeing is that we, we, we're getting all these picks. We're we doing everything the, the Patriots way. But like he said, this is the year. We don't want to hear no excuses about we gave you a chance last year. Now now we get, now we got to do that. But, Q, my biggest, thing, my biggest thing in this draft right here is if you're not going to move up to get Bryce Young and did, and what did he what did they say yesterday about Bryce Young? They said Bryce Young overall should be that 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 guy and also but but Hooker I definitely would go get that kid. I would sit him and let him play. I, I'm telling you, you watch and see. If we can't get Bryce Young, I'll, I'll definitely take Hooker. Hooker can play. I watched the SEC all year long and I watched all college football. And this kid can play. He, it was no system. They, I keep hearing people saying system, but everybody plays in the system. Even Tom Brady plays in the system. But my thing is, Hooker be a perfect spot. If not, you got to get that corner. You, you got to get that cornerback to solidify that secondary. And one more thing, uh, your guy, your guy. I see here that he's starting with. They, 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 they're doing a tandem. Him and uh, what's the name that we picked up from the Eagles. It, 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 well, I've been watching. You know how the NFL does re, uh, NFL Network do replay games. Yep, it, it's stuff that you miss when you don't. You you know when you watching the game, and if you go back and watch the game and hear some of the stuff, or watch the stuff that you see for your eyes. I mean, I'm not no NFL you know NFL expert, but those guys miss too. So it's not like they they better than us. They just get paid for it, and that's their job to do every day. But I understand what they're saying, but but. At the end of the day, we got the secondary needs to be sure that Max Crosby cannot continue by himself. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The music's rolling. That means we got to go. Great stuff, Raider Mac, to close us out. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Oh, wait, I should say same Mickey Mouse time, same Mickey Mouse channel, because Mickey Mouse is in the building here at Raider Nation Radio 920.